marriage. We start talking about marriage relationship, and sometimes it's very in-depth, and sometimes uh, people turn red in the face, and uh, they say, you shouldn't say that from the pulpit, and I remind them, it was God's idea, not mine. God's the one who created it, not me. Uh, I'm just here to give you the message. And so we're going to talk about marriage and that relationship. Uh, but we're talking today, we're going to de- we de- decree it first. I decree that in 2023, I'm going to build healthy relationships. And so we, with our family, with our friends, with our children, but one of the most important relationships that we need to build, a healthy, strong relationship is with our spouse. And so I have my spouse today with me, going to help me. We're going to take turns. Now, I just want to preface this message by saying I am probably the least qualified to give you this information. I'm going to give you five needs of women. Though I really don't understand women. Somebody just told me, Pastor, you know why men don't understand women? I said, why? They said, because we were asleep when God made them. Yeah. And most of us are still asleep. But, as I'm teaching, I have my spouse here that can correct me at any time. She can say, no, no, we don't need that. Or she can put it in the right order. And so she is going to give you some things uh, about men. And uh, I, I'll see if I agree. I don't know what she's going to say. She doesn't know what I'm going to say. Uh, we, we talked about it a little bit. We gave each other the highlights. Uh, but this should be fun. Are you ready? I'd like to talk about the handout first. Yes. The handout is not what we're talking about. (laughs) But if you didn't get a handout, ushers, are there any left? Are there any handouts left? There's still a few people who need one. Raise your hand if you need a handout, and Larry's getting them for you. So this year we started in January talking about what we believe here at the Lord's house and our statement of faith. And so they're, they're getting them at the back, so keep your hands up. Don't give up. They're passing a few out. One of those state, one part of our statement of faith is our belief on marriage. And marriage is between a man and a woman. God created it that way. And we uh, had a discussion about that on Wednesday night, pretty lengthy. But this is just my single page of notes that I used as a diving board on that Wednesday night. And the, mainly the thing that I have on there that I want you to see are the scriptures. And I just want you to go. It's very little notes. There's not, I mean, I can talk a long time on a very small thing. So those are very limited notes, but the scriptures is what I want you to see. God, this is not just what we believe. This is what the word of God says. And so we try to do everything we can to all of our ability based upon what the word of God says. And sometimes you need to read that for yourself. You need to see one right over here, Brother Larry. Sister Jill over here needs yeah, one. There's a few more back there and a few more up here. The right, yeah, the back corner. So, uh. It gets you. Okay. Up front and then back to the back. We're going to send you all over and get your exercise today. So, um, this has just got the scriptures on there for you to reference and just a few little 
notes that I had written down, that these were for me. I didn't make it out for other people, so if it doesn't make sense, you can ask me about it later, okay? These were the, simply the notes I taught off of, but I'd like for you to read the scriptures and see what God's Word has to say about marriage. Amen. Now, let, let's just talk for a moment uh, about our, our sin nature. If you are going to have a healthy, strong relationship, marriage, friendship, you are going to have to deal with, crucify, kill your flesh nature. Uh, we don't have time to get all into that, but what is the flesh? It, the flesh, prideful, lust, greed, envy, jealousy, hatefulness, bitterness, unforgiveness. If you allow those things to control you, you're going to have a terrible relationship. So I'm fixing to read you a scripture, and when I'm, I'm reading it, 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 if something rises up on the inside, you go, ooh, I don't like that. That's your flesh nature. Because your spirit go, will go, that's the truth. That's what you need to do. Uh, it's from God's Word. We're going to start in Ephesians chapter number 5. Uh, begin reading in verse 15. Just a few little simple uh, uh, you know, instructions that we get, get on into marriage. Uh, This is the New Living. This is Ephesians chapter 5, starting in verse 15. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but act like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and make music to the Lord in your hearts. And give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And furthermore, everybody say, furthermore. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. For wives, this means submit to your husband as to the Lord. For as the husband is the head of his wife, as Christ is the head of the church. He is the savior of his body, the church, and the church submits to Christ. So you wives should submit to your husbands in everything. For husbands, this means love your wives. Just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her. He to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of the word. Did this, he did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. No one hates his own body, but feeds and cares for it just as Christ cares for the church. And we are members of his body. As the scripture says, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they too are united into one. This is a great mystery, but it's an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. So again, I say to you, I say, each man must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. I always like to say, in the King James... It says a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave unto his wife. If there's more cleaving, there'll be less leaving. 
Let's just talk for a moment. We have Adam and Eve in the garden. We have God created Adam. Out of the dust of the earth, he breathes the breath of life into him, and he gives him an instruction. I mean, <laughs> it's amazing. Adam and Eve had the simplest Bible. Be fruitful and multiply. And don't eat that fruit. That was it. God said, take dominion. Which literally means to take by force. To kill, to destroy. To take under control. And somehow we had a serpent slither up and begin to talk to Eve. And to deceive and say, did God say? And did God say? And we know Adam was there because the moment she ate it, she gave it to him. And we know that every day God came and talked with them. What should have happened? Eve, if according to the scripture, if Eve had have done what the Bible instructs us to do, if she uh, had have said, uh, now, what you're saying sounds good, but let me ask my husband. And let us consult with God. There would have been no sin. But I'm kind of thinking, possibly, while Eve was talking to the serpent... Adam was there going. He was just checked out, zoned out. The biggest sin for women is independence. I can be my own person, do my own thing. I don't have to be subject to anybody or anything. I think the biggest sin for men is apathy. They check out. They don't care. They're disconnected. And when that happens, it gets us in trouble every single time. So to have a happy, successful marriage, I think we have to meet one another's needs. When we talk about marriage, you talk about your marriage, people say, I'm not happy, I'm not. Usually it means I'm not getting my needs met. We've talked about the love languages. We've talked about uh, us all having a love tank. And uh, we all need something deposited into that. And and Miss Amy can mention a few of those love languages. Uh, But uh, we, we have that need to be loved. Humans, and I'm going to say this more than once. Husbands, wives, men, women, boys, girls, children, every human. The basic human need is love and rejection is our biggest fear and pain. Well, Aristotle said, happiness is the highest desire and ambition of all human beings. I think that goes right along with what you were saying. Um, Happiness is an outward thing. But what we really need is joy right on the inside the joy of the lord and we have to you have to find first and foremost and we're going to talk about what men and women do for each other but first and foremost you as an individual 
have to have time with the Father. The definition of God, God is love. And if you don't know God the Father, then you cannot love others well because you don't know love. So first and foremost, it's so easy to say, well, he should, he should, he should, or she should, she should, she should. But first of all, first and foremost, look right here and say, I should. And, and we have to have a daily time with the Lord. And it's going to look different for everybody. I know some people are morning people. Some people are not people. Some people are just so, 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 so busy with little children. And some people have this and that and this and that. But find what works for with, with you. Because before you can love your husband right, you have to find the love of the Lord. You have to find that love that God gives and that joy that can get on the inside of you so that can permeate out. Because really, what every uh, mate wants is for their spouse to be happy and joyful. But they can't fulfill that. He can't fulfill that for me. I want him to fulfill that for me. I would love for that. But we have to find that joy in ourselves. And that's a battle some days. Every day is not easy and seasons change. This has been a particularly hard season for me. Sorry. But you have to find that joy from the Lord. Because no person can put that there. Life is fleeting. Sister Sandy's lost her husband this last week, and we're going to have a celebration of his life today. But people are not always going to be there. You can't have your joy in people. No matter what we say here today, you have to find that joy in the Lord first. Then we can work on how we treat other people. Okay, so that's first and foremost. And then I think I'm going to start with the first need. Can I do that? You sure can. Because it goes right along with the scripture that you read. Let me just say, first of all, you say, well, what's, what's going on with her? <laughs> her? Her dad was diagnosed with brain cancer, and uh, after six months, we lost him. And uh, we didn't lose him. We know where he's at. He's in heaven. And uh, then six months uh, after he passed, uh, her mom got up and was reading her devotion, had a massive heart attack, and passed. And so we had her service. We just have been cleaning out her house. Uh, our garage is packed full of her stuff. Uh, we just closed on her house. And so it's been difficult to lose a mom and dad in the same year. And so it's been very emotional. So it's been a, been a tough time. So when I've, I've been doing some research, and you men can tell me what you think. There's been a lots of lists out there, what men want. The one thing I see recurring over and over and over, and I think is the number one thing, and I think it's scriptural, the number one thing men need is respect. So the Bible we just read says, wives, submit to your husbands or respect your husband, depending upon which translation you're looking at. The word submit there means to subject oneself, to submit to one's control, to put in subjection, to be under obedience, to submit self unto, to put yourself under, to yield to one's advice. Those just don't sound fun at all, especially for an independent person, right? I mean, we are raised, and I'm all about women's lib, yes, equal rights, equal pay, all those things if you do the job. 
But the Bible says, submit, and we're going to look at Second Peter, First uh, Peter later, submit to your own husband. So I just submit to him. All you other men are on your own. I don't have to submit to you in the workplace. You're not over me unless you're my boss, right? The Bible says submit to your own husband. But I chose him. He chose me. And if I made that decision, then I need to respect that. I respect his position. I respect his stance for the Lord and his position in our household. And I need to respect. And I haven't always done that. I'm not perfect by any any stretch of the word. And we need to, it's a daily, daily battle. But guys, this is the number one thing. We must respect our husbands. Uh, this was on one site I read. It says, both love and respect are essential for the soft gliding of marital life. However, for a woman, it seems easier to love a man than respect him. <laughs> But that's not what we're called to do. We're called to respect. Every man feels an internal pressure to excel. If we cannot find that respect in our home, men may say, we will find it somewhere else. So are you willing to respect your husband unconditionally? Now, I've never heard of that before. We've heard of unconditional love. But have you ever heard of unconditional respect? I believe this is what God is calling us to do. We chose this partner for life. And even if what we think they're doing is not respectable at the moment, we need to respect them unconditionally as the husband that we chose, as our helpmate, as our spouse. That means giving them your undivided attention. And this is where I've fallen a lot. We need to put the phone down or make the children wait. We need to teach our children to wait while we're addressing our spouse. And that's a hard one to do. But man, think of that lesson that you're teaching them as they grow up to respect when adults are having a conversation. So those are things that we have to work on. They're not easy things to do, but boy, if you give time face-to-face time to that person, that's going to be so huge going forward in the rest of your day. Just that moment to stop what you're doing, and I want to do better. This is on my toes. My toes are bleeding right now. Do better about stopping what you're doing and being intentional to give them your undivided attention, because I think that's going to show them respect. Even as the church submits to Christ, So also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. That's what God's word says. To be in awe of and revere them as the man God created them to be. When when you respect, when you honor me as a husband, it's like breathing oxygen into my world. And if I can't breathe where I'm at, I'm going to go find somewhere else that has better air. Respect, honoring, in spite of perfection. Sarah called Abraham Lord. Now, we live in the 21st century. This is 2023. Uh, You do not have to call me Lord. 
great and mighty one, awesome, those work. Okay. <laughs> Let me take notes. Uh, but Abraham, well, if my husband, Abraham, the father of faith, if he, do you know two times when the kings came up, Abraham told her, say, say you're my wife, say you're my sister, because you're so pretty. And two times different kings took her to their house to be his, their wife. And God had to tell them, if you touch her, I'm going to kill you. And they came and said, why did you lie? I mean, he lied. He, he apparently wasn't very bold. Yet she still respected him even though he had some flaws. All men have flaws. And you have to give us space to fail. Even though we fail. Listen, here's what we think. If somebody's different than us, they're weird. I'm going to tell you something. Your wife, your husband is different than you. But they're not weird. They're normal. They're normal. It's normal to be different. We have different things. And trying to take two different individuals and coming together to be one is difficult. So... Thank you for that respect, that honor. It breathes oxygen into my life. I can breathe, and when I can breathe, I feel free. And the number one need I see in, in, in women is security. Women need a selfless, sacrificial man. There's nothing that will make a woman feel more insecure than a selfish, checked-out man. They need you to be connected. Listen, women are very in tune with their feelings and their emotions. We think that's weird. They, they, they are in tune with things around them. We, we don't need to... We're, men are pretty secure in ourselves. We don't need to stop and ask for directions because we know we'll get there eventually. He did tell me a, long, a, few, a few years ago, this was a while ago, he said, it's amazing, but even when you're not in the car, I still get where I'm going just fine. Now, I go a different direction. I may make a few turns different. It doesn't mean they're wrong. I'm just going a different route this time. But women need to know. They need to know where they're going. They need to have a plan. They need to feel safe. They need to feel secure. They need to know that you're concerned about the kids. When they're trying to tell you, I I'm concerned about uh, the kids in school or this or that. And, and we just brush them off and blow them off. And say, nah, it's no big deal. They need to know you're concerned about the kids, uh, about her, about the finances, about her emotions, about spirituality, about her job and, and, and what she's doing. and what's that. They need to know you know and care that the dishwasher's broke or the washing machine. You say, that's no big deal. It doesn't affect me. If you wash the dishes, it would. She needs to know that you care about things in her world. That you're not detached and checked out. That you are concerned, that you care. And, and, and don't, don't say things like, oh, it doesn't matter. Oh, it'll be fine. That's a big one I say all the time. It's fine. It's no big deal. Oh, that doesn't bother me. Just let me tell you. Things that, doesn't, that don't bother men 
really, 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 really bother women. And we need to do better about providing them safety, security, knowing that you're not doing this, raising the kids, worrying about the finances, paying the bills, taking care of the house. Doing, you're not doing this all by yourself. Listen, men, did you know that the Bible calls your wife the same thing as the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is a paraclete, one called alongside of another to help. And when God created woman, he said she will be a helper, a helpmate. She has been called alongside you to help. But she needs to know you're in it, that you're not checked out, that you care, that you are invested in this relationship. And she needs to know she's not along in it, uh, that you're going to take care of it. And don't just say it, do it. And there, there's so many little things. I already told you, I fall so short. Uh, we have a light that's out above our cabinet that is a night light, and she's been telling me, and I bought it when she first told me. I bought the light, and it's setting on the cabinet, and it's been on the cabinet now for a couple of months, and she's told me over and over She's voiced her concern that she would like that light put up. I just said, and I'm going to get around to it. I just said, I really miss that night light that we had in the kitchen. Yeah. I tried not to, what's the word? Nag. Nag. Men, we need to be in tune. We need to listen. Okay? Uh, women, they're subtle. They'll, they'll, they'll be looking at a magazine and they'll just go, oh, I like this. What that means is I want this for Christmas. And you need to just glance up and see it. You can act like you didn't see it, but see it. And then when she leaves, get it, take a picture and get it far. That'll make her feel like you care. So I think that one of the number one needs for women is, is security, safety. I like that. I think that's true. I think the second need for men is praise and words of encouragement. And Pastor Samuel alluded to the five love languages, and I did not jot them down. But they are, one of them is words of encouragement. There is acts of service, physical touch, time, quality time. And gifts. And gifts. Oh, how could I forget that one? I personally think I need all five. I'm a proponent for all five love languages. I want them all. But I believe that men especially need our praise and our encouragement. I wanted to read Romans 15, 7. Therefore, accept each other just as Christ has accepted you so that God will be given glory. I believe that we are so quick to judge other people and to point out faults. And we really tend to talk about the things that people do wrong more than we talk about the things that people do right. And we really need to focus on words of encouragement. If we can accept each other just as Christ accepted us, just as you are. Accept the person as they are because you picked them 
and there are qualities there that you had to have. You were like, that's for me, this is what I want, and you went after it. Am I right? Think about those dating days. That we quit that, and we start looking at their underwear's on the floor, or the light bulb is out, or whatever, and we look at the negative things, and we don't look at the positive things. And so I really want to work on words of encouragement, saying thank yous. This is my year that I've really been trying to just be grateful for things. And so every night before I go to bed, I write down three things that I'm grateful for for that day. But can I encourage you as a personal level to tell your spouse something, even just one thing that you're grateful for about them every day? This is your homework. Take notes. Write it down. And I'm going to start. One thing that you're grateful for every day, something. And you don't have to be like, I'm grateful for. No, but you could just be like, thank you for putting the dishes in the dishwasher. Thank you for making my scrambled eggs. Thank you for all of these little things that they just do. He's never been the cook of the family. We've been married 33 and a half years. And that's not been something that he's done. He's the griller. Like, if it's outside time, I don't touch the grill. That's a grill thing. That's his thing. But I don't, I don't even want to know. I don't even want to know how to do it. It's just his thing. But we, the last five weeks, I guess, we've been trying to be healthier in 2023. <sighs> and so We made the decree in 2023, I'm going to be in better health. And it was his idea, not necessarily mine. So he's cooked. He's made this scrambled egg dish. It's really good with spinach and bell pepper and things in it. And he's made salmon with all the, the spices and stuff and veggies. And he's just cooked me meals. And I just sit in my chair and watch him in the kitchen cooking. Sometimes I help. But mainly, it is breakfast. It's been really nice. And so... Uh, so this morning, I'm sitting at my desk in my office working, preparing, and I get a text. What's the breakfast plans? Well, I know I'm not allowed a donut, so he didn't tell me what to eat today. So I went to the house and got her a thing of yogurt. <clears throat> yogurt. Yeah, we didn't have eggs today, but that's okay. But anyway, it's been nice, and so I really do appreciate that. But You're we welcome. need to say those things, and I don't always say those things either. We focus on the negative, and I want to turn that around. Where we focus on the positive, and we give praise, words of encouragement, and gratitude towards our loved ones. Yeah, and I've lost 14 pounds. She's lost 15, so it's working. Since, since I made that decree, I decree in 2023 I'll be in better health. I haven't had another Dr. Pepper. Man. I cannot say that. That's like a miracle. I have had a Coke. Anyway, I took a drink of her Coke Zero. Uh, do you know what every men's sport has? Cheerleaders. Cheerleaders. Men like cheerleaders. Yay, yay, you're the best. Yay, you can do it. Yay, yay. We like that praise. We like Score. that affirmation. And what's so good about them is even when things are tough, they say, defense, defense, defense. You can do it. They don't say, big idiot, make a tackle. You're sorry. You. 
We like cheerleaders. Cheer us on. And if you wear the outfit, that's just a bonus. That's a whole nother story. Number two. Non, everybody say non. Non-sexual contact. Affection. Say it with me. Affection. Women need to hear, I love you at least ten times a day. They need to hear it in the morning. They need it texted to them. They need you to put hearts and kissy faces in the text. They, 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 need, they, they need to be told. Well, I, I mean, I, I've, you know, I've heard some men, you know, well, why don't you tell me you love me? Well, I told you when I married you, and if things changes, I'll let you know. No. They need to hear it every day. They need non-sexual touch. They need hugs. They need kisses. They need affection that doesn't lead to sex. They need to know. They don't, they don't want to say, sweetheart, could you give me a massage? And then turn around and you're naked. <laughs> I just asked for a massage. Listen, when she says, I need a massage, what she means is, I just need a massage. Just massage her shoulders, rub her feet. She needs non-sexual affection. Every day, all day, non-stop, in the car, hold her hand, watching TV, hold her hand, just touch them. What's affection? Affection. An application of an effect to produce an effect. See, most men, we're looking for an effect. We're, we're, we're looking for the end result. But women need to be affected all day. I've told you this many times. Women are crockpots. Men are microwaves. You got to turn them on in the morning and let them simmer all day. Then, when you're ready, just hit start. Do y'all know what happens when you hit start on the microwave? 30 seconds pops up. It's taking time to... Application of an effect to produce an effect. Listen, women need flowers, cards, on non-holidays. Now, it is a given. If you don't give cards, flowers, on birthdays, anniversaries... Uh, Valentine's, Christmas, you're just an idiot. That's, that's Mother's Day. I mean, it's just, well, she's not my mother. You better get her something. That's just a given. But you need 
you're driving down the road, you're on your way home, you see some wildflowers on the side of the road, stop, grab a couple and say, hey, I was on my way home, I thought about you. It don't have to be expensive. It don't, she'll keep those things till they're all dried up and withered away because it means something to her. Non-sexual affection, touch, cards, date. She wants to go. We dated our wives when we were dating, but then we get married and we stop dating. We have to continue to ask them out, take them out, do nice things. And, well, I'm going to get to that one later, but... We need to do things she likes. Now, it's okay on the flip side to do things I like. But I need to do things she likes. That's why I watch the Hallmark movies. And she watches the action and the shooting and the trucks and the tanks. And we go back and forth because... I want to do what she likes because it makes her feel good. She feels like I care. So women need, they need things uh, different than men. Let's just say they just need non-sexual contact constantly. True? That's very true. Okay. Very true. I love all those things. All those. List, list, list. Very good. Very good. Um, so we had respect. We had words of encouragement. The next thing on my list, and this one seems really hard, but I'm going to talk to you about it, is an attractive spouse. That was high on the list, an attractive spouse. Mm. Men want an attractive spouse. Now, you may say, well, I can't do anything about that <laughs> because this is who I am. But they picked you, so it's good news. They already liked you. And thought you were attractive or you wouldn't be connected wearing the ring right now. So that's good news for you. You're attractive to them. You know, everybody has different tastes, different things they like, uh, different things in music, different things in clothing. There's so many different things out there. No one is the same. But for you, your spouse picked you already. But we can do things to make ourselves look better. We can do a stupid diet. We can go to exercise. We can <laughs> do our hair. We can dress, try to dress nice. There are things that we can do to look attractive. I wanted to share a couple of stories. Can I, can I just jump in real quick? You can be dressed to the hilt. Makeup, hair, beautiful dress, lingerie, whole thing. But if you have an attitude and you're not kind, you're not attractive. That's good. Man's point of view. That's very good. That's very good. So first, the first little story I have, Pastor Samuel has a picture of me on his screensaver on his phone, his lock screen, from me in my wedding dress. And last Wednesday night, Nariah's in the office. And she sees his phone, and she says, who is that? <laughs> and he said, well, that's Miss Amy. Doesn't it look like her? She's like, no. Did she have on makeup? <laughs> yeah, at about 33 years ago. <laughs> she was 18. But anyway, that was funny. But that's, hopefully, he still sees a little of me in that, yes, I and do. now. But uh, 
one of the sweetest stories we just heard last Sunday, as a matter of fact, we were with uh, Raymond and Wanda, his cousins, and Sister Wanda just passed away last Sunday afternoon. She is 95, Raymond's 96, and they were married 77 years. And so we were with them when the funeral home came to pick her up at their home. They got her all fixed on the gurney, and they're fixing to roll her out the door, and Raymond wanted to see her one more time, and he told those funeral home people, he said, you're about to pick up the most beautiful person you have ever seen. And then he added, for her age. <laughs> Which Samuel didn't tell that part of the funeral. But and then, you know, and we were sitting there, you know, that afternoon before she had passed, but we knew it was going to be any time, and they were talking about the casket, and said, well, do we, his son said, well, dad, are we going to have an open casket or close? She said, of course it's going to be open. Your mother looks beautiful. But, you know, that's what you need to be. That's love, is you see that person like you've always seen them. I was talking, getting my nails done last Monday, and uh, this lady sat next to me. I was talking to the lady doing my nails, but this lady sat next to me was listening. And I was telling her that story about Raymond and Wanda. And the lady next to me, she said, I used to work in a grocery store. And she said, there was this man, and he looked really lost. And I said, can I help you? And he said, well, I'm looking for my wife. And she said, well, how can I help? She said, well, he should, she's a cute little redhead. And so he, she's trying to help him find. And said, this woman walked around the corner, and she saw his face light up. And she turned and looked, and it was this fat little old lady with gray hair. <laughs> but in his mind, she was a cute little redhead. You know, and that's what love is all about. That is true love. And I was telling Sister Doris this story, and she said, well, that reminded her of a time that she, or she read or heard a man preaching that there was a, people looking back at old photos, and the, the woman was saying all those things like, oh, well, I wish I still looked like that or this or whatever. And he, he just started naming all these things like, well, maybe you've gained some weight, but that makes me think about our children. And maybe you have some wrinkles, but that makes me think about all the, maybe the jokes we've laughed at. And maybe the gray hairs, but that just reminds me of how long we've been together. I mean, you know, you can find something positive in everything, but you want to do the best you can to be the best person, the best version of yourself for your spouse. And you want to have a good attitude. So we see that's number one, ladies. Have a good attitude. And always you're going to hopefully have that little, you'll be the cute little redhead to them. <laughs> and sometimes she is a redhead. You never know. It's hard for me to describe her out in public because I'm not sure which color she is that week. It's not, it's not that often, but every now and then. She likes to keep it fresh. This number three is, I think, probably one of the hardest for men uh, and for me, the older I get, the worse I get, and I don't know why that is, uh, but that is women need communication. Women want to talk. Women speak approximately 30,000 words a day. Men speak approximately 15,000 words a day. Now, I understand why. I didn't know why. I couldn't figure out why do women speak 30,000, men 15, and then I, it hit me. <laughs> it's because we weren't listening the first time. They had to repeat themselves. <laughs> women need c- 
communication. And that's hard for husbands because we, we think communication is nodding, grunting, point, you know. Uh, you know, we're, we're, we're in the, we was in the gym and uh, we were doing shrugs and this kid was beside me and we were doing, we were doing these shrugs and I told him, I said, you know what these are? He's like, what? I said, this prepares you for marriage. He's like, what? I said, yeah, because you, you got to practice going, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> women need communication. They want to know. Because women, you had, hey, how was your day? Well, I got up at 7.15, and I had coffee, and then I did my hair, and I did my makeup, and then I drove to work, and, and there was this, and then I got there, and then he said this, and I said this, and they said this, and how was your day? Fine. <laughs> women need more communication than that. They want to talk. They, they, they need to know the plan. They need to know what's going on, and I am the world's worst at that. I, need to, I used to do better. But it seems like the older I get, the less I talk and the less I want to talk. She can't stand. She hates it to have lunch by herself, to eat by herself. I absolutely love it because I don't have to talk. I love sitting there and eating in peace and never saying a word. But what's hard is in when we go eat together, I find myself eating and not saying a word. And so... And, and knowing she needs that, I, I have to work on it. I want to do better. I want to talk more. But sometimes you don't, I don't know what to say. Anyway, but, but we need to do better. They, they, they like to hear. They like to hear about our day. We need to learn to give women more details. They're detail-oriented, and so they need more communication. We're going to have to hurry. It's 12 o'clock, so we got to get through a couple more. The last one I have, well, the very last one we'll kind of group together. But the last one here is, so we had respect, words of encouragement, be attractive. And number four, men need a peaceful home, a safe place also. We had security for women a while ago. Men need that as well. First Peter 3, 1 and 2 says, Likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands, so that even... If some do not obey the word, they may be one, W-O-N, they may be one without a word by the conduct of their wives when they see your respectful and pure conduct. So this is saying that women, without speaking a word, you can win your husbands over by the way you act. Let your home be a home of peace. Have a peaceful atmosphere. Samuel's mom said it for so many years. The woman sets the atmosphere in the house. And we need to have a house of peace, not turmoil. If a man is working, a woman is working, you're working all day and you're tired and you come home to turmoil, it's miserable. It's just misery and woe. But if you come home and there's peace, and there's safety, and you can be yourself, and you can relax, and you can just breathe, then you're rejuvenated and ready to face the next day. And this scripture in First Peter, so it's not just submission as in respect and obedience, but it's a submission as in just do kind things. Just by your conduct, 
not by your words. Women, we like to use those words, but we need to sometimes, I've been listening to a podcast, she just says duct tape. Sometimes we just need to duct tape. Don't use our words, just use our actions. Show kindness, have a good conduct, do the right thing, and win your husband over that way by having peace in your home. Yeah, we just get when, when your husband works all day and it, it, it's, it's hard, your wife works all day. When you get home, give them a few minutes to decompress. Don't just hit them with the bills and the kids and with this and that. Give them a few minutes. Let, let, them, let them go to the bathroom, let them change clothes, give them something cold to drink. It's proven fact. When you drink cold water, whatever, it, it affects the brain. Let the brain calm down. Give them some cold iced tea. Give them something. Let them. And then you can say, sweetheart, when you've had a minute, there's a few things I need to do. We used to always laugh uh, at, at Amy's mom uh, because she, she wanted things done and she wanted it done when she wanted it done. And she didn't care what you were doing. And every time that we went to visit, when I walked in the door, she would have a list for me. And I'd say, can I, can I just sit down a second? Can, can I say hi to Jimmy? Can, you know, I walked in and I need that painted. I need that light bubble. Can you change that filter? I need you to go do this. And uh, she just wanted things done, you know. And so I have to tell her sometimes, uh, you know, I don't, I, I don't call her mama anymore. I did that one time. It didn't go over well. Uh, so I'm trying to learn. <laughs> you got to learn by your mistakes. Uh, so give, give, just give, give, them, give them a few minutes to decompress. Uh, I have two more points, but can I, Amy asked me one time to, she said, I'd, I'd like for you to sing this song, and I never did. Uh, but I want to play, I'll play it. And uh, this is going to, this is my fourth point. But instead of, I won't talk about it much, I'll just, Arlene, if you'll go ahead and play that. You can pull the lights down. Uh, I'll let this speak for itself.
Amen. So I see one of the main mother need of women is leadership. They want a husband to lead. They want you to lead them in, in spiritual things, in, in financial things. They want you to lead them. They want you to take them to church, not send them. They want you to lead in helping the children and raising the kids. Lead in, in, in helping. Listen, there's no women's job, men's job. I mean, most men and women both work. and You've got to take care of things together. But women need men to stand up and be strong and to lead them. Amen? Be the leader. And you know what I loved at the end? He began to say, Lord, Father, show me how. Begin to fall in love with Jesus. Follow Him. See, because it says, you know, that, that first scripture we read, Ephesians, it says twice as much to men as it does to women. It says one, women, honor, respect your husband. But it says over and over and over, husband, love your wife. Love your wife like Christ. Love your wife sacrificially. Give your life far. Lay your life down far. Give her everything she needs. Lead her. And if you do that, she'll have no problem respecting and honoring you. Amen. Well, the, the final thing that we don't really have a whole lot of time to talk about, we talked about in depth so many times, is intimacy. Uh, men and women both need intimacy and romance. And uh, I think you were going to say a little bit about that. And oh, yeah. I mean, we, we've, been, we, we've been talking about this for how long? I mean, we've had these marriage conversations and talked about... 15 years, Oh, maybe? my goodness, yeah. I mean, we call it Sex Sunday, and that's why some people didn't show up today. They had no idea what I was going to say. I've shown you videos. I mean, we, we've done all kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, we still get the question, you know, well, you, as you get older and everything, I mean, how often do y'all have sex? And... Pretty much, uh, we all, almost have sex every day. Almost on Monday, almost on Tuesday, almost on Wednesday, almost on Thursday, almost, <laughs> dot, dot, dot. <laughs> almost, but then you're too tired, something comes up, dah, dah, it's just, so it's almost every day. Affection. What do we say? Women need security. Women need non-sexual contact. Women need communication. Women need leadership. And that is the uh, effect that produces an effect. You do those things, she'll naturally be more sexual. She'll naturally be more open. She'll naturally uh, be more loving. And women like sex. But women don't necessarily need sex to feel loved. Men need sex to feel loved. The uh, first thing I said was respect. And I've heard it said that respect is a natural aphrodisiac for men. Absolutely. That if you respect a man, he's going to want you. You know what I heard this week? Men will slide down a mountain of razor blades into a lake of lemon juice just to hear somebody say, you the man. And then we'll do it again. Huh? You the man. 
We want to feel. When we feel like we're the man and we can do it and, and we're respected and we have that oxygen and we're honored, it helps us to be more sexual and more open. Romance is necessarily to we, we, we need, and I said it earlier, love is our greatest need and rejection is our greatest fear. It's important that in relationship that when someone, your spouse, gets up the courage to ask for that relationship and ask for that intimacy that we don't reject them. And if there's a reason for all kind of things, we give it with, sweetheart, maybe how about not tonight but in the morning? How about tomorrow? Set a time. Don't just say no. Because rejection hurts. And once you were rejected, it's hard to ask the second time. And so we need that. We need intimacy. We need romance. Uh, we, we, it, for men, uh, that is our love language. That tells us. We, maybe, we can, maybe we don't feel like talking. Maybe we don't feel all that. But we can have sex, and it opens up. And then we want to talk, and then we feel, and then our emotions come out and all that. So it's, it's, it's kind of weird how God made us totally kind of opposite but it kind of makes us have to work on each other and work together, doesn't it? Let me give you ten benefits to a healthy sex life. Having sex once or twice a week improves your immunity. Good for your heart. Twice a week, 45% less likely to have a heart attack. Lowers blood pressure. Women 57 to 85 have less hypertension because high blood pressure lowers desire. Relieves pain, less headache. Next time your wife says, I have a headache, say, I've got the solution. <laughs> Reduces the risk for, uh, for men for prostate cancer. Improves sleep. Releases oxytocin, which is the cuddle hormone. For women, it helps them rise in estrogen. It promotes health and sleep. For men, I, I'm sorry women, when, when a man climaxes, the front cortex of his brain goes numb. It causes, it, it, it causes alertness to go away. He's unconscious. He's, his mental activity shuts off. That's why he falls asleep. It relieves stress. It boosts brain power. It increases lifespan, and it boosts self-esteem. Now, whose idea was it? God's. God created intimacy. They're just now figuring out all the benefits, of, but it goes far beyond that. But you've got to get everything else right, and you can get that right. But husbands, lead. Step up. Be the man. More women are probably less satisfied and mad after sex than they are before because you're satisfied and fall asleep and she's left unsatisfied. You've got to do a better job. Women, stop lying. <laughs> Honey, how was that? Oh, it was good. Say... I'm not done yet. Keep going. 
Men, if ever if you watch sports, if you watch football, and every time your team got to the two-yard line, they fumbled, after a while you'd stop watching it. Everybody needs to score sometime. If you can score every time, she'll want to play that game more and more and more. But if she don't ever score, why do you want to play? Come on, husbands, do a better job. Study to show yourself approved. A workman needeth not be ashamed. And then you hear your wife say, you the man. And you'd be like, well, I'll do it again. There you go. Last well, words? I'm just going to conclude one more time. Respect, words of encouragement, attractiveness, which goes with attitude, and I forgot the fourth one. <laughs> I'm the man. I'm the man. Yeah. No. <laughs> you are the man. You're my man. A peaceful home. Thank yes. you, thank you, thank you. Yes. Doris is yes. telling me a peaceful yeah. home. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But work on gratitude and think of those. Remember your homework. One thankful thing every day. One, just one thank you every day, ladies. That's your homework. I'm thankful for you. You're a blessing. Amen.